and welcome back to the Agenda Podcast. I'm joined again uh, by my co-hosts, James and Derek. Yo. Yeah. And uh, just before we start, uh, I think it's we owe it to the legend that is Kobe Bryant. Um, a year ago today, he passed away in a tragic plane crash. Um, prayers up, Mamba. Um, just want to get that in there, you know, before we started. I know it was a, a pretty hard day for most basketball fans and even just sports fans in general. Um, you know, one of the greatest athletes of our generation. So we just wanted to, you know, get that out there before we start. And um, yeah, so let's get uh, get it right into it. Um, biggest shock of the weekend, I would say, is uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on the road to Lambeau Field, beating Aaron Rodgers in his own uh, home stadium. And I know you guys, uh, the ones who listened last week, know that James and Derek both predicted the Bucks to win. I did not. I thought the Packers would win. And, uh, yeah, very, very surprising, uh, to me at least. Uh, what did you guys think of that game? Some of it was wrong, per usual. Um, moving on. That's like so, the only game. I, actually, I got, a, I got a lot wrong this year in the playoffs. I said the Colts would beat the Ravens. I said uh, Packers would win. Bills? Wait, who did they play in the first round? The Ravens, the right? Tennessee. Tennessee played the Ravens. Oh, I thought Tennessee would beat the Ravens. I thought the Colts would beat the Bills. <laughs> That's bad. And, and, and I thought the Steelers. Saint, yeah, and I thought the Saints would beat the the Bucks. I had a really bad bad. Yeah, you're you're cold. I'm you're done. Cold. I'm done. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'll be honest. My internet cut out like halfway through that game, so I didn't even watch like the third quarter. Um, yeah, what did you guys uh, think of that game? So um, after the game, me and Derek were talking, right? And we're talking with our friend Raj. Shout out Raj, love you. Um, and Derek was like, I don't know. It's kind of a hot take. He said that Aaron Rodgers was outplayed by Tom Brady despite the three interceptions. I was like, I don't know, three mm-hmm. picks. So, Derek, I want to hear what you have to say about that. So, really, all the quarterback metrics would point to Aaron Rodgers that he outplayed Tom Brady. So, passing yards, touchdowns, they were tied. They both had three. Aaron Rodgers had one pick, and Brady had three. So, when you look at the stat sheet, you think Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback of that game. But those who watched the game, it seemed that even though Brady had three picks, Rodgers wasn't turning those picks into points. So I want to value the game as like the quarterback who did well was the one who did the most with the opportunities that were provided for them in terms of special teams and their defense. Rodgers' defense got three picks for him, and he didn't do much with it. He didn't win the game. And Brady got his chances, and he did win the game. So I would say that Tom Brady was the better quarterback on the night, and the Bucks deserved to win. I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks definitely deserved to win. I mean, the Packers' defense, some of the worst coverage I've seen in a long time. I mean, number twenty on the Packers, I think King is his Kevin, name. Kevin King. Kevin that King. guy needs that guy needs to look at himself in the mirror because the second half, right when or the the first half when it was about to end, eight seconds left. These guys are playing. Oh, looks like cover zero. I mean, they like no one deep. And yeah. the guy's covering, he's on the weak side, right? And his only guy to cover is Scotty Miller. And he keeps looking on the inside as if there's some other guy there. Yeah. And he turns yeah. his back. And it was, I don't know, that, that just, that changed the momentum of the game. Because going in an extra uh, seven points oh, up at yeah. halftime. Yeah, that's uh, actually a really smooth brain play. Because, like, they had, <laughs> they were, you, you knew they were going to take a chance for the end zone. Or else they would like, just kick the field you, goal. They, they would have kicked it. But, like, they're obviously going to go deep. On. Yeah, that was really, really bad. That's I don't know if that was like planned on the defensive side or that was just King like having a brain fart, but it was really 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 stupid. 
Yeah, he had a rough game because that that late PI call was on him too. Uh, that was that was yeah. PI. That we should talk about that actually because that was trending on Twitter after the game ended. People were saying like, "Oh, we need to bring back." Clear. Like, I thought it was clear PI. I didn't even see like a debate to be had. Yeah, come on. He literally like his shirt like came off a little bit. Like you could see the extension of the yeah, shirt yeah. the jersey itself. I think what people so, had an issue was was um, the refs were letting lack stuff of go. Yeah, they yeah. were letting stuff go in the first three quarters. In the last quarter, they started calling stuff. If anything, you should call stuff like fairly consistently in the first three quarters. The last like two three minutes of game, and I think this for every sport, you shouldn't, you know, be whistle like happy, right? Like, just let the players play. Like, if there's a little bit of contact, just let it happen. You don't want a championship game to be decided on a free throw or a penalty or a pass interference call or whatever it is in any sport, right? And I don't like when, when refs do that at the end of games. I'm not saying that he was wrong in this case to call it P.I., but I'm just saying in general, I think that is something that referees need to, to fix. Yeah, because they were just letting them play all day. Like, there was a couple, like, on, yeah. on Aaron Rodgers' pick, there was a holding on, um, who was it, Devontae, or Lazard, I think. Um, Lazard, Lazard, yeah. Yeah. I saw a couple past There's still an argument for it. So, I understand the viewpoint that it was a holding, but I understand the viewpoint that it's also simply like a tug to the point where Lazard wasn't really hindered. And it was kind of an underthrow. Like the corner beat Rodgers yeah. and Lazard to the ball. Like it was a deserved pick. It wasn't like he held Lazard, stopped him from moving, and then got the interception. It was like he just touched him after the five yards, of course, where you know you can't touch the wide receiver. So I Yeah, it would have been a pick regardless, but um they probably should have got a call on that. That would have given him the ball back. Yeah. Anyways, from the um, the other side, the AFC Chiefs, uh, going back to the Super Bowl, obviously they won last year, uh, a commanding victory over the the Bills. I honestly did not want the Chiefs to win because I really don't like teams repeating in the Super Bowl. I don't mm-hmm. like seeing the same team win twice in a row. But I also don't really like the Bills because they're rivals of the Dolphins. But um, So I didn't really have a dog in that fight. Um but the Chiefs, man, like everything they do is just like I don't feel like they're ever gonna lose a game, you know? Like I, know. I, I don't think they're gonna lose. Like every time they play, they can go down like twenty points, and I'm still like, yeah, they probably just pull it back. Yeah, it really does feel like they're gonna win like every single game for the next ten years. Yeah, I don't like, know that's why. how it. <laughs> and I don't know if I don't like it at all. I don't know if this is how people felt when Brady was like coming through because I don't think it is. I didn't. I was like born it right. Definitely then. wasn't it because. Yeah. Like, one of my takeaways from that game has to be that the Chiefs are definitely in the con- this conversation in terms of GOAT offensive firepower with Kelsey Hill, Mahomes, Reed, of course, and offensive coordinator enemy. Like, there's just so many weapons on that team. team yeah, including yeah. Hardman, Williams, Edwards, Hilaire, they just have so much. Like, everyone can score on that and team. And the thing is, the, the receivers they draft are perfect for Mahomes. Like, Hardman, like, yeah. that guy would struggle yeah. in a lot of teams. But in that offense, using his speed, like, he's, he's just he's so deadly. I mean, yeah, but it's like James said. I don't – how are they going to lose? What it, like, it's going to be, like, some injury or something. Like, that's going to – that's what's going to derail yeah. their season. Not them actually not performing. And it, it kind of reminds me of, like – um you know, other great teams in other sports like Manchester City or the Barcelona of old days where it's like they kind of lose a lack of motivation because they're so used to winning and they need to, like, go down, like, a a score or 10 points or whatever, and then they kickstart and then they start playing for real. That happens a lot with the Chiefs. Like, they go down early and they just come out, uh, you know, all guns blazing. 
but a lot of the time, like when you go into games, when you have that mentality, like you're not really motivated for it. So you have to be down a little bit to come back. When you go against the best teams, that mentality hurts. Yeah, you. that mentality. Like, yeah. If they go against, so one of my takeaways for the Buccaneers Packers game has to be that the I feel like the Bucks can win a shootout with the Chiefs because they have Fournette and no, they could, they could Ronald Jones because first of all they have those two running backs so they can keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. They will dominate time of possession if needed, and then they have Tom Brady, who's the goat quarterback, goat player in NFL history, in my opinion, who can obviously manage the clock well. And then they have wide receiver weapons like Evans, Godwin, Gronk, who's really not in his prime anymore, but still a fine tight end. No, and Gronk Blake. is doing well. Like Credit to but him, because I didn't think he was going to be good at all. They could definitely win a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they could. And A.B. is coming back for the Super Bowl. He's going to play. Yeah, another great wide receiver. Yeah. Man, this was the year I was like, okay, he's done. He's no way he's beating Aaron Rodgers. And he just does it again. And I know people are going to get mad. Uh, certain people on Twitter that I won't mention, but they know who they are if they're listening to this. You know, they don't give Brady the credit that he deserves, or they keep saying he was carried by this, carried by that. I mean, he left Bill Belichick, and the Patriots finished third in their division, and he went to a 7-9 and nine team, and he took him to the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm just saying, man. He needs to get, yeah, he needs he to need, get the need context. But I'm just saying, like those that is what happened. I mean, he took a seven and nine team yeah. to the Super Bowl. I know the Patriots had players sit out, you know, yada yada yada, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, the man needs his respect every year. I mean, what is that, ten Super Bowl appearances or is that nine? Ten. Ten. And what's his record? It's six and three as of now. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, oh my god. He's gonna be what he's seven. He's so nine. clear. Like he is the goal. Like anyone yeah. who doesn't say he's the goal is like a cash. I'm sorry, I'm not listening to the argument that Jerry Rice, who was a wide receiver and had Joe Montana throwing the ball to him, another someone who was considered. And he had Bill Walsh. That that West Coast offense was ridiculous, man. I mean, when you have that, obviously you're going to perform as a receiver, right? And just in general, I don't like giving a receiver the goat title in like NFL because they don't have as much of an impact as the game as a quarterback. So I just it's not something I like doing. It has to be a quarterback. It has. It's not a basketball where you play too fast, like you play offense yeah. and defense right you can't do that in football so you have to give it to the position where you have the most impact on offense and defense even if you're not playing right yeah i'm not hearing like lawrence taylor or like Deion. i mean lawrence taylor and Deion Sanders, like they're both better players than brady i wouldn't disagree but they're yeah. just not the greatest like yeah. there's a reason it's the goat not the boat right oh god <laughs> i'm just saying it's the goat not the boat if it was a boat i think it'd be aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers is my boat or Deion Sanders. Yes. One of them would be my best. I think it'd be Deion for me. My dad loves Deion, bro. He always brings up Deion. Anytime I talk about like, the GOAT, Deion, he's like, what Deion. about Deion Sanders? <laughs> loves Deion. I did a report on Deion, Deion in high school. For, uh, for I actually, I know Deion. I'll call him up right now and get him on the pod if you want. <laughs> yeah. Isn't no? Deion's son, uh, son going to get drafted too? Isn't he like a... No. That's all the same I think. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was like a senior or something. He's class of 2021. Oh, okay. So he's younger than us? Yeah. Oh, man. He's at Jackson State or whatever, where his dad is. Yeah, coaching. he's like, he's, yeah, I think. I thought one of his sons was at FSU. In high school. No, I think he's at FAU. No, that's. Could've... No, isn't Frank Gore's son at FAU? Yeah, that's the one. Frank Gore, that's a local you know legend right there. that is? Your father's in the NFL <laughs> and then your son's in college? Maybe yeah, I'd but... be like 18 years old. <laughs> what is yeah. it? Is his son a running back too? What do you think? Yeah. 
I'm just, I'm just saying, like, imagine he's a linebacker. Just think, imagine no, he's, he's a linebacker. Back. He gets drafted, and he has to tackle his dad, like, on the field. He has to like, just, like, deck him. Dude, Frank Gore is actually insane. Like, this guy has no brain cells left. <laughs> his like, CTE must Gore. be, oh, my God. Oh like, God. he's not going to be able to walk when he's, like, 42. <laughs> oh, it's so horrible. Oh, my God. How old is he? Dude, he's only he's in those like record books and stuff. Not like the other running backs that are there. The top five, uh, he they're there because they were so talented. But he is there because he gets five hundred yards a season for eighty years or whatever. It makes me mad, dude. Like, it does make me mad because he's getting compared to like Barry Sanders and like you know the gro- the the greats. But he's not. He's skill wise, he's not there. Ronnie Brown, like, come on, really? Ronnie Brown, Ronnie Reggie Brown. Bush, Ricky Williams, no bias there for me, obviously. Danny just... Woodhead, uh... Danny, Rex Burkhead. <laughs> I don't understand where the Patriots get these dudes. Like, Danny yeah. Woodhead? Like, Look at the what? guy they have now, that Pro Bowl punt returner. Oh, yeah, that white dude. Like, where is he coming from? Where I don't understand guys... where they get these dudes. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, they don't even... I remember, I remember Danny Woodhead was on the Jets hard knocks. And yeah, like, yeah, I watched it. He, this guy's really good, but he's too small. He went to the Patriots. He won like multiple Super Bowls. I think did he win two? And or just one. And Chris Hogan was on the Dolphins Hard Knocks with Joe Philbin. Yeah, I remember. And they that. called him. They called him Seven Eleven because he's always open. He's always open. And we still cut him. And they were like, Nah, we don't need him. And the Patriots took him <laughs> and they made him a Super Bowl winning receiver. And we did the same with Wes Welker too. Exactly. Yeah, Wes Welker. That's really bad. Dude, he was our punt return. He became like the best like short guy slot receiver of all time. It's ridiculous. Very, very annoying. Is he short greater guy? than Julian Edelman? Yeah, I, I take Wes Welker over Julian Edelman. No, is he greater though? Julian Edelman put, uh, like steps his game up in the playoffs, so he always like performs well. He's a playoff guy. His best so, regular season was last season. Yeah, he doesn't really have that. But Julian Edelman has a Super Bowl MVP in the most catches in playoff history. Yeah, and Wes Welker dropped that pass from Brady in yeah. the 2012 Super Bowl. So, or 11, I think it was. That Butterfingers when his wife right. tweeted out <laughs> that picture. <laughs> that's so, dude, that's flaw, so flaw. Right after the game ended, she was like... What would you do if your girl did that? If I was, like, like I, I was Brady? If I was Brady or if I was Wes Welker? If you were Wes Welker, would you break up with her? But it wasn't Wes Walker's girlfriend. It was Brady. Okay, let's say it was your girlfriend. Oh, I would be so mad. <laughs> I would be so mad. <laughs> Come on. Not- I forget it was just that one. Not- why would Walker... Yeah, why would his own girlfriend... <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, but that's even a meter from Giselle. Like, why are you, like, yeah. doing that to your teammate? Yeah. It's not even some scrub. It's Wes Walker. Like, respect him. You know? Exactly. I don't... What's... Welker gonna do like Brady get your wife like you can't do that it's like just a rude thing to do in general yeah very rude very. bad vibes Walker, Walker definitely said something to him right to Brady what did Brady Walker's like five what six what did he want to say <laughs> what did he want like, to do he didn't like come on to him like wanting to fight he was like, hey, hey. was, like what's wrong with him hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't know he probably did Remember that stat you were telling me yesterday about, like, Rodgers is what we like to call in the business a mentality midget. This guy is 0-40. This is what James told me. I remember the stat. It was 0-30. Oh, is this true that you guys, well, you guys were saying in the group chat? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The stat is Aaron Rodgers is 0-40 when trailing by a point or more in the fourth quarter against a winning record team. That is kind of, like, one of those stats ESPN does where they, like, 
on June. Nobody has scored more points no. on June. But listen, just listen, hear me out, hear me out. It's kind of that, but it's also a good stat. Like, it's very indicative of his career, if that's what, you know, the numbers are saying. Aaron Rodgers has never come back against a good team when he was losing in the fourth quarter. He's never come back in his entire career. Yeah. It's Owen I, mean, I can't even say, like, you can't even bring up the argument that, like, oh, he's never losing because it's 40 games. It's not like yeah. it's, you the know. The is, like, two and a half seasons. Yeah, it's a lot, dude. That is very, very damning. That's a, Rodgers. horrible. So Derek said that's the worst stat for a good player ever. I can't think of a in, worse In one. football? Just, yeah. Football, basketball, yeah, in my opinion. In like, football, I haven't heard of much more. Personally, I'm of the opinion that Aaron Wait, but what is, is that? Quarterback. That's horrible. What is that stat? So it's like, let's say he was trailing by one, right, in the fourth quarter, and then he scores. Like, so he puts it, like, he gets his team to uh, ahead, right? And then he comes off the field, and his defense goes in the field, and the defense loses the game for him. Does that count as a 40? I think, I think it would have counted against him, yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like but that happened to him a lot of times. No, there's no way I got lost. Like the Se- okay, the Seahawks game is the he biggest one. It happened 20 times. There's still Not 20. 20. Man, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, just trying, I'm yeah. just trying to defend him. I'm just trying to defend him. You guys know I love Aaron. You really don't know why. You don't know why? Like, is it just his play? Dude, it's Aaron Rodgers. I think you got a man crush on him. Dude, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's like the most... The way he throws the ball is ridiculous. Like, when I was, yeah. like, growing up, and I thought I was going to be, like, an NFL quarterback because, like, I didn't know anything. Like, I was like, dude, I'm going to be like Aaron Rodgers. I was considering, like... I was considering changing my number from 13 for Marino to 12 for Aaron Rodgers. That's how much I was a... That's how much of a fan I was. Um, this is, like, the impact that, like, Baker Mayfield is going to have on kids growing up now. Baker Mayfield? Who is... <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Respect him, please. <laughs> Baker Mayfield needs to stick to doing insurance commercials and stuff like that. He's good and at those, though. He's really, nah, they're he's pretty funny. Actor. They're pretty funny. Yeah, he's good. You know who's he's not good at Mahomes? Mahomes is not good yeah. at those commercials. He's so awkward. Like, you know the commercial of him putting the ketchup on the steak? Yeah, it doesn't yeah, what come is off. That? Rogers, Rogers <laughs> does it well. I think the best... Yeah. Okay, so Paul Malo does his head and shoulders very well. I like Aaron Rodgers does it well. Make Mayfield is good. Joe Namath, do you get those like Medicare oh, commercials? They're the worst. They're, <laughs> they're the worst. so bad. Yeah, no. Oh my god. <laughs> Joe Namath, he's like call to Oh, Manning's a go. Nah, Manning's a go. He's out. He's so solid. Gatorade, so solid. Pizza Hut, uh, Farm. What is, what is the insurance he does? Nationwide. No, yeah. Yeah, and he has like the big, the fake, um, like land fake and city? houses. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He's a go to those, dude. Touch that, please. He's the goat. Yeah, he is. Anyways, I've never oh. seen Tom Brady on a commercial. He did one oh. for um, Dick Sporting Goods. I've really actually never seen he it. did it. It's on YouTube. It's like uh, I don't know. It's like a minute long. He like goes into the store and the guy's like, "Wait, are you from Boston?" And he doesn't realize it's Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's like, "I don't even have a Boston accent." And he's like, "I don't even have a Boston accent." And he like, <laughs> it's, it's a funny commercial, but. You know, I saw Bill Belichick in a commercial for the first time this year. The he did a subway. That's ridiculous. Yeah. My dad saw that and he was like, Is that, that can't be Bill Belichick. And Bill I was like, Belichick. I've never seen a coach in anything like commercial wise. He probably, he probably hated everyone in the commercial too. Yeah. Yeah. Kraft probably forced him to do that. Yeah. <laughs> probably get some good, <laughs> the commercial. Some good, some yeah. good PR for the, for the franchise. So he seems like Anyways, I, I was thinking we, um, 
We move on to the saddest news of probably our entire lives. Super Frankie Lampard has been sacked from Chelsea Football Club. Uh, the darkest day in my lifetime. Um, I really thought this was no going to be okay. I'm just saying. I'm just exaggerating anyway. But it, it is very sad. I thought he was going to be the guy to take us to the next level. Um, obviously, he was not. What do you? I don't even understand. Like it, you guys can't see, but you're <laughs> laughing right now. But like you thought that, you thought that the, the, this, the numbers were there. Obviously, the analytics guys are going to have to give us a response as to why the numbers were wrong because all the numbers pointed to us being a good team. The analytics. Yeah. So true. this this just reaffirms my belief that I'm not going to be a stat nerd. I'm going to watch the game with my eyes. Okay, I got tricked into it saying our expected goals was this, our expected points was this, yada yada. yada. We're supposed to be second. I'm done with that these days because. You know, I, I lost trust. If you replace players like Kepa and Werner, those expected points and expected goals and expected goals allowed, they would have been correct. Like, you would have had exactly that if you didn't have such detrimental pieces in the places where you were supposed to score goals. so annoying. Like, they ruined. Oh, my God. You know what? The, the, the Kepa is just, dude, I, I cannot tell you, like, those of <laughs> you that don't watch soccer and you're listening to this, like, Think of, like, the worst player you've seen in any professional sport ever and then, like, multiply that by 100. And that's how bad Kepa is. Like, he, last year he was saving or he was letting in one in every two shots on target, meaning you shoot twice, you're going to score one on him. That's how bad of a goalkeeper yeah. he was. And it was like, just it was so he draining. Was the most goalkeeper ever. Yeah, that's like, not his fault. I don't, like, I don't like when people do that. That's of course not his fault. It's not. But imagine you sign a free agent. To a max deal, the biggest deal. He's not a free agent. But when they sign him, they broke the record for him. So you would sign a player you break the record for, and you give him. That's like that's like Pogba's. Like he broke the record. Like I'm not gonna. It's not Pogba's fault that Juventus asked that much money for him. I'm not gonna, you know, put that on him. I put that on the club for panicking and spending that much on the. We should just buy like Ben Foster or something for a year, or like Pepe Reina. I don't understand why we spent so much money on him. All because of that cigarette smoking. Marie, so sorry. And I also thought, of course, Bilbao is like this goalkeeping producer. Oh, not even. When, when we signed him, people were like, like Bilbao fans were like, oh, we robbed Chelsea. Like, this guy is really yeah. not that good. And Chelsea fans were like, no, nah, these are just salty, like Bilbao fans. But they were right. Like, you can go back to like 2017, 2018. This guy had a lot of mistakes and a lot of red flags came up. And we didn't, we just panicked and we bought him. It was a stupid signing. But anyways, uh, back to Lampard. Obviously, today we uh, it was announced that Thomas Tuchel was taking over. Uh, Chelsea's first German manager in history. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about this. I- I've liked Tuchel for a long time, and, and I thought we were going to get him in 2018 uh, after Conte left and before Sarri came in. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited for this. I mean, you watch his, his teams for Dortmund. I think he has the highest winning percentage at Mainz, at Dortmund, and at PSG. So that should be uh, something that Chelsea fans can look forward to. Um, you know, his his style of play, it's very, um, you know, energetic, a lot of goals, uh, lots of, um, you know, free runs, through balls, all that stuff. And we have the players at his disposal in, I'd say, 80% of the positions to succeed. I mean, we have runners in behind in Pulisic and uh, Werner. We have an Aubameyang-type striker in Werner. We have a hold-up guy in Tammy Abraham. Um, we have a ball winner in Conte. We don't really have a sitting guy, though, like a six who's just going to sit there and break up play. Should be Declan Rice, but... Poor ones, though. Like, who? Jorginho's really not built for the Premier League. Absolutely not. 
guy's not really. He can play. He, he can play him. as that as that six in okay. in a four three three, but not yeah. in like week in week out. Like he's gonna just play there and he can mop everything up. Like it's not gonna work. Um, I do like like I like him more than most people do as a person because he's really not a bad guy. Like he always says the right stuff in interviews. Um, he backs a manager, backs a coach all the time. So I can respect him as a professional. As a player, though, like he's just so like he's not cut out for England. You should go back to like Italy or go to Spain, where the the tempo of the game is much slower, and and he'll do well there. But England is not cut out for him. And then Kovacic in midfield. I mean, the guy is so talented, but his IQ is zero. I mean, he can't defend space. He doesn't know how to mark a runner. Um, he goes into tackles like so like wildly, and he always gets yellow cards for it. It's very stupid. Um, defensively, I think we're good though. Um, Chilwell, yeah, absolutely. James. The back five is pretty good. The back five is fine. I mean, we can upgrade one of the center backs, but for the rest of the season, it should be fine. We should look this summer to bring in maybe Kimpembe, um, bring back Tamori, which I think was really stupid to uh, to put on loan. Uh, maybe Mark uh, Gwehi. I think I think that's how you say his name. I couldn't say it last episode, but um, from Swansea, Chelsea, um, he's from the youth, right? Cobham. Yeah, he's from Cobham. Um, yeah, is he, he grew a lot. He's on loan at Swansea, and if you ask Swansea fans, oh, okay. they love him. It's like what Wigan fans were saying about Reese James before he came. Like they were all over him. They just they completely love him uh, down there in the Championship. And I want Swansea back in the Premier League. They were good vibes every time they were here. Um, yeah, I like them too. Yeah, yeah I, I like them a lot as a team. Ashley Williams. I like Ashley Williams for Wales, especially. Ashley Williams. What do you like Ashley yeah. Williams? I don't know. He's just a good in the air. Papa I like uh, I like Papa Neil Taylor. Taylor. Neil Taylor, he's a Welsh left back. He's played for Swansea. I liked him a lot. Um, yeah. Anyways, the the Thomas Tuchel era. I don't. I don't even know if I can say era because eras at Chelsea are two years, and then you get fired. Like you know, you know there's really, only like, yeah. Go on. There's only one manager under Roman Abramovich at Chelsea that has stayed more than three years, and it's Jose Mourinho twice. Yeah. No. Just- Ancelotti stayed two years. Conte stayed two. Sarri stayed two. Lampard stayed two. Um. Uh, what's his name? Avram Grant stayed like a year and a half, I think. Scolari a year. Uh, so yeah, a lot of change. Even uh, Ranieri came before Abramovich, but I think he only stayed like four years, whatever it was. So yeah, the Thomas Tuchel era is starting. Um, we have a game tomorrow, actually. Well, I don't know when you guys are listening to this, but uh, the 27th at 1 o'clock versus Wolves. I don't know what's, what to expect. He's only been in London for a day. So I don't even First know. training, of course, tonight. He actually, he trained at night, like we don't really have training yeah. sessions at 6 p.m., but he came 6 p.m. UK time and to train. Um, I don't know. I'm excited uh, to see what the future holds for um, for Chelsea. I still think top four is uh, possible for us. Um, it's only like six point gap, and we've played half the season with a very you know poor results. I think uh, you know we could get into the fourth place position, get Champions League football. But yeah, it'll be exciting um, to see what happens. Yeah, but, um, something I really wanted to touch upon is, like, we all know that Roman is, like, I don't want to call him a bit rash in his decision-making in terms of stacking managers, but, of course, results get muddy. He's going to stack the managers. That's just who he is. But I feel like Chelsea's best periods have been when the manager has been able to kind of build a team. I'm not going to compare Frank Lampard who had, like, one-year managerial experience yeah. to Jose Mourinho in 04 when he had just come off winning a Champions League before coming to Chelsea. But when Mourinho came to Chelsea, he was able to bring in players like Chad Drogba, Carvalho, Ferreira, Essien, 
And he already had Lampard and Terry who were there to form the spine for years to come. So he was able to kind of build something. Yeah, but they they, those guys, those guys did well when they came. With the exception of Drogba. Drogba struggled a little bit. His first season in 2004. He struggled the first half and then he picked up. But, I mean, football these days is not... You cannot wait these days. I mean, there's so much money involved. There's so much, like, pressure involved on the teams. Like, you know... But the thing with Roman is I don't understand what they expected. This is my theory. And a lot of people have the same theory. When Lampard was signed, they knew we had a transfer ban. We couldn't get any players in, right? So they gave him a a three-year deal on the idea, on the basis that he would do okay the first year, right? Like he'd get us like sixth, seventh with promoting the youth and they'd leave by mutual consent and we could bring in somebody for this year, right? That obviously didn't happen because he overperformed and he got us fourth, right? So they decided to give him all this money, get him whoever he wanted, whatever. I'm not going to get into the signings because I don't think he wanted a lot of them. I think three of them he wanted. I think four of them he didn't. Um... And basically, I feel that they were looking for the right time to sack him this year and that they've wanted him. I mean, they is the board, obviously. They've wanted him gone since um, since the season started, basically. Um, I mean, if they really trusted in him, they would have gotten him Declan Rice over one of the Germans because he's been wanting Declan Rice for the whole time since he's been at Chelsea, right? And if you really want to back the manager and you trust him, you would have bought him over Havertz or Warner, right? But obviously the Without board, like obviously the board, didn't rate him as much as a manager. So they just wanted to get whoever they can in pre- preparation for the next guy, and they were waiting for this like dip in form so they can let him go. I believe the club wanted Julian Nagelsmann from Leipzig. Um, I think they thought Lampard would go in May of uh, 2020, and then they could get Nagelsmann before the season started. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. So um, we have to go with Thomas Tuchel. I mean, it all feels a little weird. I didn't. Even, I didn't think Tuchel would ever come, or Tuchel. I don't know how to say it. Would ever come to Tuchel. Chelsea. Tuchel. I don't know how to say it. My American accent is pretty bad for German names. Um, it was like it's one of those signings as a manager that I was like, it only happens in like people on their wish list. They're like, I want Thomas Tuchel. I want. Um, I don't know who's that Hoffenheim guy. Oh, I can't remember his name. Whatever it was, or the the American Jesse Marsh, or like I want these hipster managers, right? Marco Rose. Marco Rose is he Hoffenheim? No, what is he? No, he's Mönchengladbach. Mönchengladbach, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said Hoffenheim. Like, is one of those managers? I didn't think he'd ever come, and he actually came. It's super weird, but yeah, I'm excited to see um, what he brings. I, I hope the fans get behind him. I know a lot of the fans are still bitter because of the way Lampard left. It's a very toxic place right now, Chelsea uh, fan base, yeah. at least online from what I can see. It really is. I mean, the war is starting again, like the the, the Sari versus Conte. Um, and you're seeing like racist stuff, which you never want to see um, from both sides of the the, the argument. Um, uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see where we go from here. Oh, um, um, go ahead. Whenever che- you know how the comments that is that, over the last 15, 16, 17 years, since Roman came in, Chelsea have been the most successful club, of course, in England. Like, we yeah. know that. That's a fact. Yes. Yeah, Whenever exactly. che- but the thing is, like, Jose, like, he won three titles in pretty much five seasons in the Prem. Like, he was great in all comps, whatever. Whenever Chelsea have had to compete with clubs that have had managers who have had consistency, I would want to say, if that's the word, in their positions, 
they really haven't been able to keep up the same kind of performance. So really mean? like, so Jose, um, 04, 5 went back to back. The yeah. next year he lost, and then 06, 07, 07, 08, 09, United repeated the Premier League. Yeah. All the teams were good. Every team had a really consistency in their managerial position. Yeah, but it was they were hard good to under. To keep up. They were good under. Like, it was Arsenal's Invincibles and Fergie's Man United. That's who we beat for the titles. For the first time. Arsenal's Invincibles? I mean, it's the, it's the same squad. I mean, they won the year yeah, before. Of course, yeah. It's the same squad, then, so. Yeah, you guys went back-to-back. Back, and after that. But I don't understand so, what you're trying to say. That, like, my point is that in recent years, you guys haven't been dominant. I, I, oh, feel no, like no, no, change, no. I feel like changing managers is kind of, it kind of, it's so difficult for a squad to be like, oh, this is our guy. We're, we're here to back him. We're going to grow together. It doesn't work other anymore, clubs, When other clubs, no, because when Klopp, Liverpool gave Klopp time, he's dominating now. No, but Jake that's Jake, what you had that's time, he dominated. South had time, he dominated. Yeah, only but it's... was the only one who had time, and he dominated. It's our, it's our way of doing... Like, Roman is so used to... He had... Like, when Ranieri was let go, right? Ranieri had built up a, a decent foundation. He's what Lampard hopefully will be for us in the future, 10 years down the line, where he built a decent foundation for Marino to work on. And Marino brought in men, not kids, not boys, like men in his squad, right? And... Those guys were international captains for their respective countries, right? Like Terry and Lampard, captains for England. Czech, captain for Czech Republic. Essien, captain for Ghana. Drogba, Balak. Like these guys are like, you know, senior internationals, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you hire and fire because these guys are going to train themselves pretty much. I mean, an interview came out a couple weeks ago. That, that like, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That, that's why we, we need to trust in a project. So if it's going to be too cool, then we need to give them time. You know, like, I read an interview from, from John Terry that, like, when Avram Grant came in, John Terry went up to the rest of the, the, the players and was like, look, he's an, he's an inexperienced manager. Like, we're going to have to coach ourselves. And he told the players that. And the players were like, okay, we'll do it. Like, do you think Aspilicueta could go up right now? So, like, Alonzo would be like, hey, you're going to have to coach yourself. Do you think Alonzo could do that? Like, our club captain, I was telling my dad this, our club captain, Cesar Aspilicueta, doesn't start for Spain. He doesn't start, and that is pretty indicative of where Chelsea Football Club has gone the last couple of years. I mean, when Hazard left, that just—I mean, we were relying on him for eight years. Let's be honest. If you take him out of the team, we wouldn't have won anything. Really? So, no, and even if you—I don't mean like play with ten. I mean like take him out and put in like Pulisic or something like that, or I don't know, like uh, Theo Walcott, whatever, right? Just something like that. Like we would have won nowhere near the amount of titles that we did. Um, yeah, some some stability is needed. So if that's under Tuchel, then great. He only signed an 18th month contract, so I don't understand if the club are looking to him to be our long term option. Um, it's all a bit confusing right now. It's only been a, a day since Lampard was sacked, so we'll probably get back to it in a few episodes. See where Tuchel has brought us. Um, but yeah, you know, I've said it a do couple think, times already. Go ahead. Do you think Mount and Havertz? Have compatible profiles to fit into the same midfield. I think they I'm can. I'm the opinion that it's really not. I think Havertz they can. Seems to be this kind of ten second striker, and Mount is really has this eight profile to me, where he's not going to be able to fit into a double pivot unless he has like a true holding partner. And even at that point, I feel like he roams too much for him to be able to well, fit look, in a double pivot. Havertz, Havertz can play like 
If he plays right wing, I think it could then. But like, if they're both in the midfield, it will not. I don't think he can play in the midfield together in a 4-3-3 like Lampard intended. Um, it's weird, though, because like we did that under Lampard in 2019-20, like that season, and it was Barkley instead of Mount, and it worked. Like It was Conte, Mount, and Barkley. Habert. Yeah, you can have Havertz. That's Havertz what I'm saying, like but Havertz is obviously player. better than Barkley. Like, not now, not but I mean, eight, like... Though. not an eight. He's a 10 second striker. Barkley's He's the, the final same third player. player. They're the same player. Oh, come on. You think no. Barkley's, you think Barkley's like, more defensive? He's just stronger. That's all it is. He's not, like, hey, a defensive... <sighs> I really don't know that. Havertz is not. He doesn't have any um, robust... He doesn't have the dog in him. Like a, he's not a dog. He's not a dog. He's not a fighter. Oh, dude, Mount has so much dog in him. I love it. I don't people, understand how you can people hate him. Like he tries oh, he gives 120% every game. How do you watch? Especially when the team's playing bad. How do you watch that and be like, that's the guy you single out? And you're like, I don't like him. I, I don't understand that at all. Like I've seen on Chelsea's Twitter where people are of the opinion that Mount, like a new manager is going to come in, and because Mount and Lampard, well obviously they were very close. You can see that. Yeah. Tuchel's gonna come in. And bench mount. Like, are you that's kidding? No, Absolutely no not. Way. Like, you see how he works in training, like just in the videos that they post on like YouTube and stuff. There's no way he's gonna get dropped like permanently on the bench or whatever. Like, yeah, you find like, Southgate does not drop him because he he works too hard. They realize how important he is to the team, and it's not even like Willian where it's like fake working hard. Willian, a lot of people think he works hard, but he doesn't. He like he loses. I saw this tweet. It was like Willian is like the West. He creates the problem and he cleans it up and everyone gives him the praise. Yeah. That's what he does. He makes a problem. Then he wins the ball back. And everyone's like, yo, this guy is amazing. It's very, very annoying. But yeah, I mean, um, we'll have to see um, what happens with Chelsea. Um, I think that'll wrap it up for us today, actually. Um, Kind of a short week. Um, Obviously, we have a one-week break until the Super Bowl. Um, are you guys going to watch the Pro Bowl or no? There's no Pro Bowl. They're not even doing it? No. Oh my god, I'm out of the loop. I thought they were doing it. No, dude. So they just did voting then? They didn't even... Yeah, yeah. It's just like an honor thing. Honestly, I think Pro Bowl voting is pretty stupid anyway. Someone got voted in this year. Um, Justin Tucker got in over Jason Sanders. That is just... Okay. Yeah. Dude, just like I think you say something like big, like last year. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Xavier, oh, Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he, yeah. He, he said it himself. He's like, I had the worst season of my career. Yeah. And uh, and he got selected to the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah. So that'll wrap it up uh, for us today. And um, yeah, thank you guys again. Anyone who listened this far. Um, we're trying to be more consistent with uploads probably once a week if we can. Um, And yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. All right, peace.